Well, I hope you all had a good Christmas and a good start to your New Year's. How many of you ever feel like you need a vacation just to recover from your vacation? Like, yeah, I feel that way sometimes. I had an awesome Christmas in Florida, though. I'll even show you some pictures of the kind of weather that I was experiencing over the last few days. Yeah, super nice. Yeah. Well, then I, I came back here, and I had to drive home from the airport in a snowstorm, and I remembered everything that I'd missed out on over those last few days. So I'm not going to lie. I heard about all these flights getting canceled over the last week, and there was a part of me that really wanted my flight home from Florida to get canceled, so I'd have to spend an extra few days there. But despite feeling that way, I got a little bit stressed out when I almost missed my flight. So leading up to this trip, I got the United Airlines app. And this app gave me the ability to have my plane tickets on my phone so I could just scan my ticket, get on my flight. It showed me what gate I need to be at and all that kind of important information. And it worked out great for the first part of my trip. Technology is the best thing when it works. And when it doesn't work, it's probably the biggest source of stress in my life. So I got to the airport, I opened up my phone, and I scanned my ticket to get past security. And then I start walking down a hallway towards where I think my gate is. And I don't even remember what gate I need to be at. So I pull up my phone, and I'm trying to get to my ticket, and my passcode isn't working. So I keep putting in my passcode a few more times. It's not working. Pull down my face mask. I'm trying to use my face ID. But I'd put my passcode in wrong a few too many times, so even my face ID wasn't working. And so I tried it again, and I locked myself out of my phone for five minutes. This is so bad. I totally blanked out and could not remember my passcode to my phone. This is a passcode that I've been using for at least two years. It just totally slipped my mind. So I've, here I am at the airport. I've arrived a little bit late. My flight's about to leave. And I don't even know what gate I need to be at. And I'm locked out of my phone for five minutes. So I'm like, all right, just take a deep breath, go to the bathroom, fill up my water bottle, and then five minutes will be done. So the five minutes are done. I pull out my phone again, and I try a different combination of what I think my passcode is, and I lock myself out of my phone for 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, this is starting to get real. I'm thinking through all the different options. I'm like, all right. I could try to borrow somebody else's phone, call somebody in my family, and ask them what my passcode is, and just hope that they remember better than me, except I don't remember any of my family's phone numbers, because they're all contacts in my phone. So then I'm thinking through other ideas. All right, if I just go back to old school, get a paper ticket, I can scan that, get on the plane. And I was thinking, you know what? They probably need my flight identification number, which I have documented on my phone. So I'm kind of in a tough spot here, and I had to just take a moment, sit down, wait for those 15 minutes to go up, and I'm, I know like my flight's about to leave in just a few minutes, and it's just cutting it close. And after those 15 minutes, I tried it again. Thankfully, it went through. I was like, whew, got it, and I scanned my phone just in time to get on that flight. Because if I had put my passcode in wrong one more time, it would have locked me out of my phone for at least half an hour, and I'm sure I would have missed my flight. So thankfully, 
or not so thankfully, here I am back in Pennsylvania, made it through that trip. And I, I tend to pride myself on being a person who's calm in high-pressure situations. But not, I'm not going to lie, going through that, I was feeling a little bit stressed out. Maybe you feel stressed out about some high-pressure situations that you go through. Maybe you're even going through something like that right now. Maybe, maybe those kind of situations are few and far between for you. But on top of that, I think we all just deal with the pressures and the stress of everyday life. When I talk to people and I ask them how they're doing, I think the most common answer I get is that they're busy. And I, I think that busyness could be code word for stressed out. It's when things are crazy at work and you're pulling those extra hours. Maybe you're a student in school or college and finals come around and you're just cramming and you're trying to get things ready. Maybe you're trying to take care of kids and it feels like you're just juggling a hundred things all at one time. And it's pretty tough. And so this morning we are kicking off a new series called We Are All Freaking Out and Why We Don't Have to Be. And in this series, we're covering topics like stress, depression, fear. I know these are some pretty heavy things to talk about, but the good news is that we'll be looking to God's word to see that even if we're going through these kinds of things, that we can have the hope and the peace that comes from God. And so if you are feeling weighted down by stress in your life, please know that you are not alone. And this morning, we're going to get into a Bible passage and, and read about the stress of a woman who lived 2,000 years ago and see what Jesus has for her as the solution to the stress in her life, which is also the solution to the stress in our own lives. So if you'd like to follow along with me in your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And if you don't have your Bibles, you can just follow along on the screen. So it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So we have three main characters in this story. We've got Jesus, and if you've read the Bible before, maybe you know a few things about Jesus. We also have these two sisters, Mary and Martha. And before we just jump to the conclusion that this sermon is all about be more like Mary, less like Martha, instead of just starting out with giving Martha a bad rap, I want to show us that in any other context, we would probably think that Martha is the one who has her life all together. Like, if Martha had a Christian Mingle account, I think this is what it would look like. And just a disclaimer, I've never had a Christian Mingle account or any other dating site. I just had to Google what that would look like and put this up here. But we know from this passage that, that Martha is a homeowner. 
This is her house that Jesus comes to, and she opens it up to Jesus, and not only Jesus, but all 12 of his disciples. And so that leads me to think that she is a pretty hospitable lady. And then she goes ahead and makes all of these preparations for her guests to feel comfortable. And so I think it's safe to assume that she was cooking the food for them and making all the preparations, like setting the table and making sure that they were accommodated in her home. And so when we look at Martha, we see, wow, she's a go-getter. Like, she is doing things. And then if we compare her to her sister, Mary, Mary's described as doing two things. She sits with Jesus, and she listens to Jesus. And that's it. And, And so these two ladies, they interact with Jesus in very different ways, Martha is focused on being productive and and just meeting the immediate needs in front of her. And Mary's just chilling at the feet of Jesus. And so Mary's pretty calm and easygoing, and Martha is feeling pretty stressed out in these moments. And maybe you can relate to Martha. Maybe you are a go-getter. You have that drive to be productive. But with that, it comes some stress. And so... Let's go ahead this morning and look at some of the sources of stress in our own lives that we see from this passage. And the first source of stress that I want to look at is distraction. We see this in verse 40, where it says, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. I think this is the only passage in the New Testament that even uses the word distracted. And to be distracted means to be pulled away from a reference point. And Jesus was that reference point that Martha was pulled away from because she was directing herself towards all the things that she thought needed to be done. She was saying no to Jesus and yes to being in the kitchen and making sure all of these other things were taken care of. I think one of the best life lessons that I've ever learned was that by saying yes to one thing, I'm indirectly saying no to another thing. And so the trick in life is to say yes to the things that are most important. I mean, there's, there's not any morning that I wake up and I just think to myself, you know what, I'm just going to ignore Jesus today. I'm going to choose not to read my Bible or I'm going to choose not to pray. But the reality is I have those days when my mornings just get super busy, and I, I'm saying yes to all these other things that are starting to fill up my schedule and take the place of that time that should be dedicated to Jesus. Corey Tenboom once said that if the devil cannot make us bad, then he will make us busy. I think that busyness is one of the biggest distractions from us focusing on Jesus. We're busy with work with school, taking care of kids, serving in the church. And it's not even that these are bad things. We even see in this passage that Martha is distracted from Jesus by literally serving Jesus. So please don't hear me wrong and think that serving Jesus is a bad thing. Serving Jesus is not at all a bad thing, but this isn't a situation between good and bad, but I think it's between good, better, best. And so what we shouldn't do is just 
sacrifice the best things by focusing our attention on good things. They're the things that are not of the most importance. I've heard of some people who make a routine every few weeks or every month or so, and they just evaluate the things in their lives, the, the things that fill up their schedule, and then they make a decision to just cut out and stop doing one thing. Stop doing one thing every month. Because I think for most of us, our tendency is just to add things to our schedule. More responsibilities, more activities. And then as a result, we get spread so thin that we can't even give our attention to the things that are most important. And so I think that it would be a good idea for us to evaluate our lives and think about some of the things that we could say no to to make room to say yes to the right things. It's not about cutting things out of our lives just so we can replace that void with more things that really aren't that important, but about filling that space with what is most important, like spending time with Jesus. And on top of those distractions, we see in this passage that, that the root of this distraction is from Martha's expectations. And this is what we'll look at as the second source of stress, expectations. In that same verse, it says, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And so in Martha's eyes, these preparations were a must. The food had to be prepared. All of this, all the dishes had to be set. And you could ask yourself the question, all right, who's saying that all of these things have to be done? Who's saying it has to happen right here, right now? Jesus isn't the one saying that she needs to prepare the food or get all of these things ready. But right or wrong, Martha's probably operating under the expectations of her culture, the expectations of what it means to be a good host. If you invite people over into your home, then you gotta serve them food. Well, if you're gonna serve them food, you can't just give them leftovers from breakfast. You gotta prepare them something nice. And if you're gonna give them nice food, you're not just going to serve it into their hands. You've got to get out the dishes and set the table and make all of these accommodations. And so with all of this pressure and trying to meet these expectations, Martha is just getting stressed out. And if you're honest with yourself, you might find that maybe you are stressed out with trying to meet expectations, even if they're just expectations that nobody's telling you directly, but that you just project on yourself, that expectation to have a perfectly clean house every time somebody comes over. Those few hours before the guests arrive, that is just like super crazy. You're vacuuming, shoving stuff in closets, and you make it look so good, but that whole process is just super stressful. Or maybe that expectation to have all of the things that typical Americans should have like a Netflix account and a Hulu account and Disney Plus with a widescreen TV to watch it on. And so you work so hard to have all of these things, and maybe it's a stress in your life. Or, or just trying to fit the mold of the people around you, to act like them, talk like them, to dress like them. I mean, ever since I moved to this area, I have felt a little bit out of place because I don't have a mullet or wear cowboy boots. So I totally get it. And for me, I will admit, I am a people pleaser. And so for me to not meet somebody's expectations, 
That's like the worst thing in the world to me. But to try to meet everybody's expectations all the time is kind of like a double whammy. You're overwhelmed, stressed out, and still, despite your best intentions, sometimes you let people down. And I know it sounds pretty bad to say it like this, but I think sometimes we need to be okay with not meeting expectations. And we even see here that for Martha to spend this quality time with Jesus, she would need to set aside and even neglect the expectations of what it means to be a good host. We need to follow her example as well. So let's take a look at some of the side effects of stress. One of the side effects of stress is that we tend to blame others for our problems. If we look at the last part of verse 40, it says, She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. According to Martha, Mary just left her alone to do all this work all by herself. And so Martha's probably thinking, if Mary was here to help me out and give a hand, I would not be stressed out. And so she's kind of blaming Mary for her stress. And I think that this can be easy for us to do too, where we like to, to blame other people for the stress in our lives. Maybe you think if, you're, if your spouse was just more helpful around the house, then you wouldn't be stressed out anymore. If people would just listen to you, or maybe if your kids would behave, then you would not be as stressed out. Or if only you had better coworkers to work with. And sometimes we think that our circumstances would be better if, we, if our circumstances were better, then we would just have less reasons to stress out. But I think that there are two factors associated with stress. The external factor and the internal factor. The external factor is what you could call the stressors. It's those hard times, difficult situations, and tough people to be around. And those are those things that are outside of our control. And I don't want to make anybody feel guilty this morning just by the fact that you are feeling the weight of stress in your life. Because sometimes we go through stressful seasons of life and there's really nothing that we can do about it. And it's just about making the best of the situation that we are in. And so that's where the internal factor comes into play. And the internal factor is how we deal with our stress. And here we see a bad example of how to deal with stress. Jesus recognizes that Martha is worried and upset about all kinds of things. Now Jesus, just a, a moments earlier, fed 5,000 people. Jesus could have just snapped his fingers and made 15 meals appear on the dinner table. But he didn't do that. He didn't just scoop Martha up and remove the stressors from her life, but instead he came alongside her and helped her to deal with her stress in a healthy way and was telling her not to just blame other people. Another side effect to stress is that sometimes we tell God what to do and then we get angry when he doesn't obey us. And I just imagine how all of this was building up in Martha's mind as the night went on. I just picture her taking the bread dough and like kneading it and just 
thinking about Mary, like, ah, oh, if Mary was here to help me, things would be so much easier. She probably, like, peeks around the corner and just sees Mary there, like, at the feet of Jesus, chilling, and just makes her even more mad. She's like, ah, oh, if, if Mary was here, doesn't she just see that there's so many other things that need to get done, and she's just dropping her end of the work? And then finally, just like everything going on in her head just spills out and she tells Jesus how she really feels. And she even goes to the extent of telling Jesus what to do. And when I read these verses, I want to be like, whoa, whoa there, Martha. Don't talk to Jesus like that. And did you really just tell Jesus what to do? And maybe you don't talk to God like that, but deep down inside, Maybe you're angry with God, or maybe you're disappointed. Maybe it, it feels like God hasn't met your expectations, or that God hasn't come through for you. Maybe you're in a stressful season of life right now, and you've prayed to God and asking him to just pick you up and remove you from that stressful thing, but God hasn't done that for you. And I know that it can be hard to admit that sometimes we actually do get angry with God. But what I love about this story is the way that Jesus responds to Martha. Jesus could have been like, hey, don't you talk to me like that. If you only knew that I was going to die on the cross in just a few days, then you would treat me better. But he doesn't say anything like that. Instead, he calls Martha by name. He says, Martha, Martha, and he doesn't discount her feelings. He recognizes that she is worried and upset about all kinds of things, and he doesn't give her a spiritual spanking, but instead, he helps her and leads her to the solution to her stress, and I think that's the solution for our lives as well, and the solution is to sit with the Savior. I'll go ahead and read verses 41 and 42 again. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Only one thing was important, and that's what Mary was doing all along, sitting at the feet of Jesus. I know that doesn't look very significant at all, But it's what we were all created to do, is to know God and to rest in his presence. And I I really don't want any of us to miss this, because I'll admit to you, as somebody who's in full-time ministry, what's hard for me sometimes is I can get so caught up in doing things for God, going through the motions of ministry, that sometimes I even neglect being with God. And I, I think sometimes that comes from deep down inside, having this fear of insignificance and then tying significance to what can be accomplished for God. And I think we see this in Martha's life. She was trying to be productive for God, but instead of experiencing love, joy, peace, she's worried and upset about all kinds of things. And so what does it mean to be with God to sit with the Savior. And I think that there are three really important things that we can do to be present with God, to read the Bible, pray, and to think about God. And I know that 
This is probably not groundbreaking to you. You've probably heard it before, but I keep on repeating it because I think it really is so important. And I've been a Christian for most of my life, since I was about six years old. And over the last 10 years of my life, I've been building up the discipline of reading my Bible and praying every day. So I'll admit that skipping out on time with God, reading the Bible and praying is not really something that I struggle with, but I have a different struggle. Sometimes I look at those things just as obligations. Like if I don't read my Bible or if I don't pray during the day, then I'm just gonna feel super guilty. And so on my worst days, I read the Bible and I pray just to kinda check that off of my mental checklist. And this is something that God has been working in my heart about lately, that reading the Bible, praying, and thinking about God, they are not just ends within themselves, but they are actually a means to drawing closer to God. And I've been feeling convicted lately, like my time with God in the morning has just been getting cut short by all the busyness and the other things that I do in the morning. And so for me personally, I've made the commitment to get up an hour earlier just to spend that time with God. Now, I don't want to say that to be a good Christian, you got to suffer with me and wake up an hour earlier every single morning. But my challenge for you is to evaluate your days and to think about the time that you can set aside to be with God and to get to know him better and to rest in his presence. Maybe you already have a routine of reading your Bible every day or in praying. And so then my challenge for you would be to do something a little bit different that maybe switches it up. On top of that, maybe go for a walk and use that time to just talk to God and to pray. Or maybe before you go to bed, to just calm your mind and use that time to talk to God before you go to sleep. And wherever you're at in your walk with God, I think there's a next step that we can take to say no to some of the busyness and the things that are crowding out our lives and to say yes to being with Jesus and experiencing his presence in our lives. And I know that is hard to do, especially when life gets hard and busy and stressful. But when life is hard and stressful, I think that cutting out of our routine, time with God is the last sacrifice that we should be making. And the best thing that we can be doing is to spend quality time with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful that you've made a way for us to experience love, joy, and peace. And sometimes it feels like life is going at 100 miles an hour, and it's hard to keep up with sometimes. Even in those times, God, I ask that we would keep our thoughts on you, that we would focus on, on, on being with you, getting to know you better through your word and talking to you in prayer. Any anxiety or stress that's on our minds, just lifting that up to you in prayer. And God, I, I ask that we would just be focused on the best things in life, that we wouldn't allow good things to take the place of what is best. And God, I know that I have not arrived. I'm sure a lot of us here are feeling that way this morning. But I'm so thankful that you accept us for who we are now, even though you don't want us to stay that way. So help us just to take that next step in our lives.
and help us to encourage one another along the way and worship you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.